Episode 4 of the Moment After Podcast. I would usually be accompanied by Klein and Chris, but tonight we have a very special guest. We have my wife. Her name is Jamie. Say hello, Jamie. Hello there. All right. She's cute. (laughs) So, tonight we are going to be talking about The Little Mermaid. The 2018 version, that's an indie film. This was written and directed by a guy named Blake Harris. It stars Poppy Drayton as Elizabeth, who's also the Little Mermaid. William Mosley as Cam Harrison, who's going to be essentially your prince. Armando Gutierrez as a guy named Locke. And a number of other people, but these are really your main players. So like I said, this is a retelling of the Little Mermaid. But it's after everything happens from the Disney movie, right? So she gets her legs, the prince doesn't fall in love with her, she can't find love, and the wizard whom she sells her soul to ends up taking control of her. And he goes around selling this magic water that she swims in. He calls it mermaid water. And he also makes a circus around it, like a freak show almost. And it's all set in the deep south of Mississippi. (laughs) So, Jamie... What did you enjoy about this movie? I enjoyed the opening scenes because of the animation they showed of the old school, uh, what we're all used to, The Little Mermaid, and Mm -hmm. the way they told that story, retelling that story anyways, was a good feeling, bringing back your own childhood. Right, right. I mean, they retold the entire Disney Little Mermaid in about a minute and a half. Mm -hmm. You know, it was (laughs) whatever the credits were, that was the story of the Little Mermaid. Granted, they used different names, like instead of Ursula, they used Wizard and mm-hmm. some other things like that. Was there anything else you liked? <laughs> uh, well, pretty much after that, it was uh, kind of confusing. Right, right, a little confusing. The things I enjoyed about this movie were the credits. I thought the credits were fantastic. They were beautifully animated and just... The drawings on them were really nice to look at. The other part of this movie that I enjoyed was actually Poppy Drayton. I thought she did a good job as the Little Mermaid. Mm. Her name was Elizabeth in the movie, not Ariel. And I thought when she was on screen, she was enjoyable. Like, she had a charm about her that I thought was enjoyable to watch. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And that's really it for me as far as what I liked about this movie. (laughs) I thought the little girl was... She was 
a bit dramatic with her facial expressions, but right. at the same time, I did enjoy her. She was at least funny to watch, you exactly. know, just because she was so over the top. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, she had the crazy eyes down. When she grows up, she needs to play a murderer in a movie because <laughs> those eyes, man, they just pierce right through you. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. But she was good. She was enjoyable to watch when she wasn't insane. <laughs> I was trying to see if I could remember any other characters I liked. Well, now that you bring that up, I enjoyed Locke, who ends up being the wizard in the end of the movie. Listen, I know it's a spoiler. Don't even worry about it. Like It's really not that big of a deal. I enjoyed him when he first appeared, right? I thought he was interesting. I thought he looked cool. He was the ringleader of the circus. And I thought he had a little bit of a menacing appearance, which is what you want from your villain in a movie. You know what I'm saying? Then he started to talk. And the more he started to talk, the more you realize that this guy's overacting in a big way. Mm-hmm. It is insane. <laughs> it's the kind of performance where he says something, where he jabs his finger in the air, and then he stares at the guy for a good 30 seconds after he has made his point with his finger in the air and his mouth open, he just gets so silly that he loses any kind of menace that he has. I almost think it would have been better for them to have him not so uh, as present in the movie, more mm-hmm. of an ominous figure. Mm-hmm. Instead of, they had him very much always right there in the center of st- different scenes, but at the same time, the way that he presented himself was almost, as you said, it felt more comical or just over the top acting where you're like, I can't take you serious enough that you're my you're my Ursula in in a sense, or how they were portraying him. Right. But he was definitely meant to be menacing. He wasn't there for comic relief. He was not. <laughs> he was funny, but he wasn't supposed to be funny. You know mm. what I'm saying? So that was pretty upsetting for me to just see somebody who I was like, Alright, I'm enjoying you and then just as the movie goes on, you're like, oh, dear Lord, stop doing what you're doing. Yeah. And I wish I could say that was the only person that did that during the movie. They really wasn't. <laughs> so now that we have absolutely exhausted everything we've liked about this movie, let's talk about the things that were bad about this movie. So a second ago, you said that you thought the movie was confusing. What did you mean by that? I would say it was confusing because they had... I would think, anyways, a, a pure a message that was supposed to be conveyed throughout the movie. Okay. But it always felt like they were missing the mark when it came to telling the full storyline. For instance, with her uncle, when they had to go and he was saying, oh, she has these symptoms of coughing, and he gave her her medicine, which appeared just to be cough medicine. Right. But he acted like it was some cure-all thing. <laughs> um, when he was told by his boss he got a paid trip to go to the circus where this guy was had the mermaid healing water right and all of a sudden that circus is in in mississippi and they end up staying with a lady who is somebody reminded she reminded me of somebody off the help right it was just that very, was pretty rough it's very random and i don't know yeah this movie is written very poorly it is jumping all over the place where crucial details are being left out left and right Like you said, they don't explain the niece's illness, which her name is Elle, by the way, and the mermaid's name is Elizabeth. It's a small thing, really, 
but it is annoying to me that your two leads are, have essentially the same name. That's bad writing. <laughs> and confusing. Then they do just show up at this random house, and you're like, well, how did they get here? Why are they here? It's just, it's just really rough. And they do that throughout the movie. And it's really frustrating if you're trying to sit there and genuinely watch the movie. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It didn't seem like it had a very good pace to any storyline. Mm. Everything was just, it jumped very quickly and rapidly. And I didn't even understand when there, when there was somebody mad, like some of the characters in the circus would be mad mm. at the uncle. You would say to yourself, well, what exactly are they mad at him for? Right. I don't understand what costs these people have for saying, oh, you need to stay out of here. Oh, that's a very good point. Like, they just, random characters showing up, literally characters that are integral to the plot, never get an introduction. It's insane. It is written by a madman. (laughs) (laughs) For instance, there's a character named Thora. She's played by Shannon Collins. And she is a massive part of the end of this movie. They never introduce her. As a matter of fact, I'm not even sure that they say her name in the movie because the only reason I knew her name is Thora is because I just looked it up on IMDb. Yeah, when you said that, I was like, oh, that was her name? (laughs) Right? (laughs) And nothing against her. She's a beautiful woman. That's fine. But she reminded me so much of two different characters from movies. When I first saw her come into the movie, I was like, oh, (laughs) she looks exactly like Esmeralda. I'm like, why is Esmeralda here? (laughs) Who is Esmeralda? And that's what I kept calling her throughout the movie until the third act when I saw a head-on shot of her, center of the screen, and she looked exactly like Tim Curry from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. She looked exactly like Dr. (laughs) Frankenfurter. That's not what you want. (laughs) It's really not. (laughs) But then there's this other character in there who's like a wolf man, and he's never introduced or anything. Oh, and he was funny, too, which I know that's not what they wanted. (laughs) Again, Not what they were going for. Just overacting, you know? Mm-hmm. There's a couple times when he would literally howl to the moon for no reason. Right. No reason at all. So bad. <laughs> so like Jamie was saying, in the first two acts of this movie, scenes are changing rapidly, but you're not learning anything. You're not getting any information. So the movie still seems really, really slow and plotting. And you're like, oh, God, please just move. Please move along. Please keep going. Then out of nowhere, literally out of nowhere, the Thora character, like I said, she's integral to the end of the movie because in the third act, all of a sudden she has telekinetic powers, which are never brought up anywhere else in the movie. Not only does she have telekinetic powers, but she can stop time for certain people and not for others, and she can hold it for miles and miles and miles it's ridiculous and yet somehow she does not know how long the hold is gonna last I just (laughs) oh man this movie I didn't understand that part when she was they're running away she's got the critical moment of that which I guess is supposed to be the oh my gosh what's gonna happen next because they have the mermaid they're about to showcase Mm -hmm. and she was able to get her from the mermaid uh, status to her two legs. She was able to touch the tank, and that happened where she got her legs back. Right. So they, she froze time. The conductor of the circus was frozen. All the people, 
Certain people outside the circus was not, though. And they were able to get her her legs, run out. Then they ask her, Whoa, how long is this going to last? I don't know. <laughs> like, what? You don't know your own powers? Exactly. You do bring that up. And I will say, I did enjoy that. Whenever they showed the mermaid's legs going from leg to tail or tail to leg, that was incredible. Like, that looked really cool. Mm-hmm. Just the effect on it. You could see the sinew from the tail splitting apart to make the legs. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Now we have exhausted all of the the good parts of this movie. Now everybody hates certain movie tropes. You know, some things in movies certain people can look over. Like, oh, you were lying to me? Now I hate you forever, and nothing you say will ever make me happy. That's annoying, but for me, that's one of the things I can overlook. It doesn't matter to me that much. I get it. It's just a way to further the plot. This movie, for the last act of the movie, which was about 40 minutes, showcased the movie trope that I cannot stand. (laughs) It's when one character says, Hey, we have to move fast. I don't know how long this is going to take. I don't know how long this is going to hold. We have to move quickly. We have to not waste time. And then every other character, including that character, does whatever they can to waste as much time as possible. (laughs) Oh my god. Like I said, literally for the last 40 minutes of this movie, I was screaming at the screen. Just go! Go! Please, God, just go. Stop talking and go. Stop being stupid. (laughs) I did enjoy watching you as I would look (laughs) over. And then Bryce just like with his face, his hands up like, go, oh my gosh, go. I hate it. I was just laughing. (laughs) I hate it. In this movie, Thora freezes everybody, says, okay, I don't know how long this is going to hold. We have to go quickly. And they walk out into the circus and everybody's frozen. I get it. If you want to show the awe and wonder of, oh my god, everybody's frozen in time. That's cool. Honestly, I would be like, holy cow, everybody's frozen. What is happening? Then you remember, oh yeah, we're on a time crunch. We gotta move. We gotta get this thing done. They stood there for a good two minutes looking at the crowd frozen. And Locke is standing right there. Go! Go! (laughs) Then after they got out of the circus, they jumped in this train and were trying to get away from Locke and get back to the ocean. Somehow the bad guys found out that the heroes were on the train, and they chased down the train, jumped in the train with them. Okay, fine. And then the worst action scene I've ever seen (laughs) shot was shot. Was it... Was it not? It was bad. They were focusing on the feet. And it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to kick. It was him shuffling his right foot behind and his left foot forward. But then you're also not showing the action. And I don't know why this film was shot this way. But there was probably eight or nine just really, really extremely close close close-ups on people's faces. (laughs) To the point where it looked like an anime, where they only have the eyes and then the rest of the features of the face go away, and mm-hmm. it's just that with the face shading, you know? That's true, they did do that. 
in the middle of an action scene. Why? Why? Yeah. That was a weird scene. And, like I said, they did it probably 12 times. Four of them were with an elephant. <laughs> and it would cut and then go back to the extreme close-up. Stop it. In this action scene, they kept cutting away from Thora's eyes and going back to the action and then cutting back to her eyes. She wasn't doing anything. Her <laughs> eyes were just darting back and forth. Am I wrong? No. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is crazy. That just adds to the confusion, in my opinion. Right? So then they're on this steel train. Oh, man. I and the wolf part. boy throws one of the henchmen through a window and up. So instead of going <laughs> just directly out the window, he goes through the window and up and hits the train. And when he hits the train, just a whole chunk of it gets ripped off. Also, she had a part in that too, though. Thora, is that her name? Yeah. I saw they closed up on her, unless they were just closing up on her for no reason, mm -hmm. but it looked like she was doing something with her eyes to help to make him go through the metal. Oh, really? That was my takeaway from it. Unless there was just a pointless angle camera at that point. But it seemed like she was darting, like she was doing that that telekinesis thing mm -hmm. that kind of aided Wolf Boy in that uh, attempt to get the guy out of the train. Well then, I stand corrected. Because that, I was so annoyed by that. I was like, this little Wolf Boy ain't strong enough to throw a man through a steel train. Right. You're insane. Whenever the little girl... Like I said, her name is Elle. We get overexcited. She would start coughing. And they're in a truck driving to the ocean after they've gotten away from Locke once before. And she starts coughing. Everyone's in the truck. Everyone's driving. Just keep going. Just keep going. Instead, the uncle flips out, starts banging on the truck. Stop the truck! Stop the truck! Stop the truck! I have to go back to get her medicine. Which is ridiculous. Because here's the thing. Even if she might die going forward, you're going back to the wizard, in which case she will die. Keep going. Just keep driving. Mm -hmm. She also showed no sign of ever dying or even close to death. They never hospitalized yeah, her. Nothing. She just was coughing and he kind of would rub her back and, like I said, give her this medicine, which just appeared to be cough medicine. And she yeah. was fine. She just had a really bad cough. That's and what it seemed like. They were overblowing it a lot. Yeah. So then the wizard catches up with them. Thora tries to fight him by herself. She loses, but in the meantime, everybody else escapes. Well, after Locke beat Thora, he caught up with the escapees, and apparently, and I say apparently for a reason, they're on a cliff. Mm. Doesn't look like it. Because they're running straight for the water. And it is nighttime, like one o'clock nighttime. It is pitch freaking blackout. At which point, the prince of the movie decides to put the Little Mermaid down and tries to punch the wizard in the face. And he ran up to him with his arm cocked back from probably what, 30 feet? Oh, yeah. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I was so annoyed, though. I was like, man, if they let him punch him in the face, I'm going to be so mad. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the end of him. Exactly. Ridiculous. So then Thora catches back up to him, and they're fighting him off. 
and they finally take away his power. They take away the wizard's power and he can't fight back anymore. Then the prince tackles the wizard. Now when you tackle somebody, you go through them and the person falls to the floor relatively close to where they were. You know, please tell me what happened. I would love to hear it from you. For some reason, I don't know where this came from, this backdrop, but apparently, as you mentioned, we were told they were on what it seemed to be just flat forest and water was nearby because she needed to get back into water ASAP, the Little Mermaid character. And all of a sudden, as he lunges at him, they are going over a cliff, apparently. Yeah. I don't know where it came from. Nobody does. <laughs> they weren't close to it, that's for sure. It would have made more sense if he hit the wizard, wizard fell to the ground, and he went over the cliff. And then in his cockiness, the wizard came over and he pulled the wizard into the ocean. Or something like that. But he knocked him into the ocean from probably 15 feet away. Mm -hmm. And that's being very generous because I have no idea where that cliff ledge was. Exactly. They didn't show it at all. So then he dies. Mm -hmm. Apparently, we didn't see that either. <laughs> the wizard fell in the ocean. The wizard fell in the ocean from where he was. And from that point, it took them about four hours to then walk down to the beach because when they got to the beach, it was dawn. And the sun was coming up, and it looked like the sun had been coming up for probably a good 20, 30 minutes at that point. Mm -hmm. Honestly, this movie's story is all over the place, and it pissed me off. Like, there's, it's not cohesive. The storytelling is inept. They are overacting the entire movie. There's no timeline. If there is a timeline, they really sure didn't isn't. make it clear. No. Then at the very end of the movie, you find out that the grandmother telling this story is actually the little girl from the story. And that's cute, right? No. <laughs> I say no because I was annoyed the way that, because as we mentioned in this review, that the character Elle, mm -hmm. she would you know cough and cough and that was her condition. Yeah. And so the way that they... The way that they revealed, quote unquote, that she was L was having her t retell the story. And then she's like coughing <laughs> dramatically. And everybody, I guess, is supposed to be like, oh, my gosh, is that? Oh, I had no idea. <laughs> it just, I don't know. It didn't seem very smart. No, it really didn't. Because the little girl asked her, what happened to L? And she's like, I don't know. <coughs> <laughs> She's like, I guess it's time for a swim. <laughs> and she walks outside and the little girls freak out. <laughs> then all of a sudden you see like a really panned out shot of the ocean and two mermaid fins come up. And you're like, oh, okay. So Elle is swimming with Elizabeth. I get it. But the shot is so dark. Mm -hmm. Like it's so poorly lit that if you didn't see just like real brief flashes of these two fins... You would have never known what that last scene was. Right. <sighs> I gotta be honest with you. I've seen a number of bad movies in my life. I saw Teen Titans Go recently. I saw The Meg. I cannot remember leaving a movie and hating a movie this much. Like, in my soul, I hate this movie. <laughs> I never want to see this movie again. It's not even in that realm of so bad it's good, like The Room or like Birdemic or something like that. It's just piss poor. Well, the sad thing is that it was supposed to be, it was on another level, this movie, because it was relating 
to a beloved Disney movie. Sure, sure. And the whole title of the movie should have been The Little Mermaid of Mississippi. But instead, they named it The Little Mermaid to get people to come and bring their kids. Right. Now, I can't be too upset, I guess, because it is an indie movie and they're either fantastic or they're terrible. But one of the most applauded movies, one of the most beloved movies in the entire world is an indie movie, and it's Star Wars. So they can be good, and this one just wasn't. Yep. Jamie, what would you rate this movie? On our rating scale, we have run out and see it, see it at a matinee, stream it at home, or don't even bother. What would you give this movie? Honestly? Yeah. Don't even bother. Yeah, that's exactly what I would give it. Unless you want to have just a rage-induced heart attack. Because <laughs> I was so upset when I left this movie. <laughs> you really were. <laughs> right? Yeah. All right, everybody. That's our review for The Little Mermaid. Have you seen it? Please, for the love of God, comment below. I would love to know what you thought of this movie. And until next time, go out and watch some movies. Good night. <laughs>